If you're, if you know, if you've been a listener for a while and you're familiar with our content, we're kind of just all over the place, which is great. That's how we typically work. (laughs) Um, But, (laughs) but we've decided that we need a little bit more structure. Um, So we've added some segments. So you'll see that moving forward, things will be a little bit more strategic on how we talk about things, which I think will give us, give us the structure that we need in order to keep things together. Um, and more fluid. And we're excited to see how that works. So we'll start off then with today's episode. We're talking about Grand by Matt and Kim and Last Young Renegade by All Time Low. And we're going to start off by talking about our first impressions, which I'm super excited to hear how you feel and then I'm sure you're excited to hear how I feel. I texted you and told you I was really excited to talk about it. So yes. um, yeah, I was, I was really, really impressed, but we won't get into it. I want to hear how you feel. <laughs> I want to hear how you okay. feel first about Grand. All right. All right. So Grand um, came out in 2009. Mm-hmm. So it is the older of the two albums. Yeah. Um, I was already familiar with the first track. I think everyone in the world is um, with that Daylight song. It was like, that was everywhere in 2009. I mean, Mm -hmm. they were the quintessential like indie hipster kids. Yeah. Um, But I, so I had never really listened to anything more from Matt and Kim than that one song. Mm -hmm. So I threw it on in my car and I just took a late night drive through Alston, Mass., um, right on the outskirts of Boston. Um, Alston is kind of like a quirky uh, college slash kids in their 20s slash kids in their early 30s -hmm. subset of the city um, that has a lot of like Buffalo Exchange fashion and (laughs) (laughs) dirty music venues and... um, restaurants that aren't chains and it's it's got just like a it's definitely got like a a hipster aesthetic so Mm -hmm. I didn't even think about that when I was listening to the album but soon into the album like driving through just like the broken streets of Alston I was this is such a good match yeah I love I thought about kids like it living in Alston in 2009 when this album came out and probably Mm -hmm. listening to it yeah that's great. Yeah. I, I feel like the way that you describe Alston is very much the way that people who like would drive through Brooklyn would feel. I was wondering that. Yes. So that's cool. I mean, and we'll talk about it and how that, how Brooklyn is very much the breath of this album, but that's cool. I like that you chose that specific place to drive through and like take your first listen. It's almost like you, you planned it that way. Like this, this will be, this will be the place. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, I mean, it's as close to Brooklyn as you're going to get around here. So it is kind of funny that that worked out that way because mm-hmm. it's the energy is is so comparable. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. What did you think listening through the album after only really being familiar with Daylight? Um, Daylight is the most organized song they have. <laughs> so you're so right. <laughs> like that's that's 
it was so apparent with the next song and the next song and the next song. And I was like, oh my God, this is mayhem a lot. And I saw, (laughs) I saw this whole thing and like them referred to as lo-fi frantic recording style. And I thought that was so on. That's perfect. It is frantic. (laughs) Oh my God. There's a sense of, there's such a kinetic energy Mm -hmm. in all of the songs on this album that is very hard to contain. Mm -hmm. And you just feel like you're buzzing in every direction. Yeah. You feel like you could bust through the walls. Like like the music could literally (laughs) just like, blow down whatever flat <laughs> in Brooklyn you're listening to it live in like it could just yes. tear it down in the messiest way yeah yeah I love that how did, so I want to know how you felt in 2009 when this came mm-hmm. out yeah I <laughs> I like like you had heard daylight you know that was the first song you hear from them and I was immediately obsessed with this song like that mm-hmm. you may you may know this like for any wordpress or tumblr blog or whatever yep. i've had my username has been daylight whatever and number combination i got the song from i mean it's it's a song i've always associated with you so yeah so it's just like there were times like i remember this one time i was driving to work when i still worked at charlotte roos at the mall and i was going to be interviewing for keyholder that was the song i blasted all the way there because it was my pump up song and it was like everything's going to be okay and everything's great in the world and like that was just you know anytime i need something that is just going to give me a little bit of nostalgia and also like youthfulness and like just happiness like full blown happiness this is the song i put on so that, that was the first song I heard. And then it's funny, I, like you, hadn't really, didn't really dive into any of their other content until like a little bit later in my life. So I would say it probably wasn't until like 2011 when I bought the album Grand. And I remember I was with my wife, not that and she was my wife then, but I was with my <laughs> wife. We were in Portsmouth. And I went to Bull Moose and I bought this album and it was on sale and I popped it into my like then old ass Nissan and listened to it on the way home and was just immediately like, oh man, I can't believe I waited this long to actually hear this entire album. Um, And I'd heard like a couple of songs like Good Old Fashioned Nightmare, um, Mm -hmm. uh, Cut It Down, I think was another one I was familiar with, but the whole thing was like just such a masterpiece to me and it's funny because I feel like musically this is a little bit different for me to enjoy something like this because okay. I'm, I'm typically somebody who enjoys more like mellow music yeah and there's definitely a time and a place to listen to to any of Matt and Kim's music because it is really all very in your face and loud and hectic um but it's so good and anytime I need to feel like that energy this is exactly where I would go to feel it so yeah hectic I really like that word like that's exactly how I felt about this Mm -hmm. like it's you're doing something really hectically yes but also in a really positive way (laughs) yeah (laughs) it's not hectic in like a bad way like if you're listening to I don't know some scary metalhead song that you're just like yeah I feel like my heart's gonna bust out of my mouth (laughs) Sometimes you know. I love that, but yeah, I know you do. 
this is like a it's a different it's like let's get things done as fast as we can oh my god oh my god oh my god yes and I'm gonna jump up and down <laughs> the entire time that I'm doing it because I drank too much coffee yes, yes. yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah but yeah it's good I mean um the other thing that I thought was so just to give you some like fun information about this album I was doing like a little digging because I hadn't really learned anything before this about like how it was recorded but I was reading about how um it was recorded in Matt's parents house mm-hmm. and I love that childhood bedroom yeah which is just so funny when you think about like these songs I'm like I feel so bad for their neighborhood <laughs> I know like that recording process yeah but I thought it was cool that they were talking about how like the album prior to that they had done in the studio and it just felt mm-hmm. so um structured like too structured you know you had to be here for this and on time for that and you know mix it this way and this person's here for this and all these rules and there are just these walls that were built up around this project and it was really cool to, for them to put out a really impactful album that was just recorded in a bedroom. Like, how cool mm-hmm. is that? I love it. On Grand Street in Vermont. Mm-hmm. In Vermont, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's great. I mean, I think there's a sense of artistic freedom when people do things like that. Sometimes it's more limiting because you're an artist that doesn't have access to those recording spaces mm-hmm. and producer spaces, but I think when someone does turn around and go back to that, mm-hmm. the challenge of self-producing and having to just play around and figure out how to do that to make what you want grows you so much more as an artist too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think just as an overall theme of the album and, and to really like bring that home it had to have been recorded in a space that made it more yes. difficult and made it more youthful <laughs> and made it more, made more of an impact because we'll talk about, you know, the story. I'm interested to hear like kind of what you felt like this album was about, but I feel like it had to have been recorded this way in order for it to be about what I think it's about. So. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So I'm interested to hear what you think too, because I think the setting for how this was recorded plays a lot into how they wrote this thematically. Mm -hmm. Do you want to know my first impression of Last Young Renegade? I do. I do. (laughs) So I'm excited. It's so funny. I obviously know All Time Low. And when I was listening to this album, I had to like look at it again and be like, wait, is this All Time Low? Mm -hmm. So that was cool. And I did, you know, I did a lot of reading and I watched the interviews that you sent me. And, and so that my my initial, my initial first impression was this doesn't even really sound like what I, what I think all time low to be like. So that Mm -hmm. was really cool. And I was like, Oh, okay. Cause when you first gave them to me, I'll be honest. I was like, okay, yeah, sure. Let's let's do it. (laughs) But man, I walked away from this really, really loving this album. And I listened to, it in pieces like I always do in my car on the way to work on the way home I have a pretty short drive so um and then I so I finally got to listen to the whole thing and 
same as Grand by Matt and Kim, there's a very palatable story here. And it is yes. so, so well done. Probably, honestly, one of the best well-written storylines in an album I've ever, ever listened to. So that's huge. Congratulations to them. Like, <laughs> um, but yeah, I, 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 I'm like completely, completely blown away. There were like, we'll talk about the videos later, but I got super emotional. I was interested to see what you thought about the videos yeah. because you are a self-proclaimed video. What do you want to call this video? I don't know. <laughs> Judge, judger, judger, you have high standards I for do. videos. I'm very much an audio, like, or a very much a visual person when it comes to listening to yeah. songs. So when I'm listening to something, I'm automatically thinking about what's happening and I'm thinking visually about it. Yeah, I love yeah. that. So it, but you really, got emotional. I did. We'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. I'm pumped. Oh. But, um, <laughs> and, but yeah, I was super impressed with just how cohesive this album was and to hear, you know, I'm interested to hear how you felt because you've been a longtime listener of them. And I kept hearing and reading people say how this was such a departure was the word I was hearing from their prior content. So yeah, I, I was, I loved this album. I love this album and I, I I like completely forgot that you had mentioned that there was going to be a graphic uh, comic. Yeah. Um, and I'm really excited for that because it's yeah. like, there's no better album to have something to go along with it than this one, to be honest. So yeah. I'm pumped. I'm ready. Like, oh. Yeah, we're, July, we'll both get copies and we'll have to read them um, yeah. and really talk about it again. I'm interested to see, yeah, what this fleshed out storyline is. I know that, you know, they hire a writer and an artist to do this. But what I've been seeing so far is that the band really sat down and fleshed out the story. That's good. Three yeah. years later, which yeah, is pretty that's cool. Amazing. It was really cool to hear about and read about, like, after I had listened to it and felt like the story was just so it was just there right and what what my understanding of the story was and then to hear how as they were writing these songs and writing them together how they were like creating this world with each other and how cool that yes. is because that's such a difficult process to do as an individual to do it as a band I can only imagine with other people involved like other people from other bands that they're that are their friends and um, to be involved in that and not have it be messy and still come across as strong as it did is really impressive. Like that's really cool. So yeah, I loved it. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad. There's a reason <laughs> I gave you this album and I, I'm really happy it landed like this. This was a little bit calculated. Um, it is one of my favorite albums just in general, but I really thought about it and had this feeling that you were going to get something out of it. So I'm glad you did. Mm, yeah, it was good. Um, so thank you. Thank you for sharing it with me. <laughs> thank you for being open to accepting it. I Absolutely. That's also important. I trust you. <laughs> yeah, same. I mean, same, but I, that's why this works. Yeah. But I think it's cool. Like it's, 
and that's the tough one. So many people, and I'll get into it, but so many people hear all time low and they're very quick to write things off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I and totally. Yeah. Yeah, I was. From the outside. Yes. Yeah. Like, young what do you know by them? Band. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. what do you know about yeah. them that they're just like this? Yes, they are pop punk, but they very much have written like mainstream music, which is not yeah. not a bad thing. I love many mainstream no. things, but yeah. But I want to know, going back to my question, like I want to know what your first impression of this album was as somebody who is so familiar with them. Did it feel as different to you as it has to other listeners? Yes, but for me, it was exciting. Okay. So the very first song that came out when this whole thing kind of started to like come into the light was Dirty Laundry. Mm, that's a great and one to start with. It's, but it's a weird one to start with. That's true. <laughs> it's, I think, yeah, I'll get into Dirty Laundry and how I feel about it, but it's a different one. Um, but I, there, I was so interested. I was hooked. I was hooked on the difference. I liked that there was something so interesting going on. Um, they, I remember, yeah, I think I remember seeing imagery when it came out. Cause I think the video came out like with it. I did not watch any of the videos until this, until doing this for some wow. weird reason. I know, I know. I don't know why I didn't. I saw like, you know, they'd, they'd be like, we're releasing them. So you'd see like little teasers on social media. So I saw like the neon imagery. Um, so I do, I did see that for dirty laundry and I remember like loving that mm-hmm. and I really like the spade and back of him. Yep. Um, well, I love know. that, that logo so much. Yes. It's so good. You know, sometimes logos are, well, we literally just had a conversation about this are cheesy or terrible or whatever. Yes. This one was so good. I love it. Yes. I agree. This every, every piece of visual imagery they did for this was great. Mm-hmm. It was like spot on so for what it needed to be. Yeah. Um, but I loved it. I jumped right in. Um, I remember when the album came out, they did like a summer record store tour. Yeah. Cause this came out. So this album came out um, in June, uh, June 2nd, 2017. So mm-hmm. they did like a summer, like, a, yeah, I guess it was June, July kind of release record store tour. So they came to Newberry comics Um so I like remember going and waiting in line at like 7 a.m. to go buy the album to get a wristband to go to the performance because that's how it worked. You went in, you bought the um, the album or the vinyl on release day, and then they give you a record, uh, a band, and you come back. Like it was like that week they were touring. So I can't remember but I feel like it was like three or four days after, like it wasn't long. So mm-hmm. I went and got my little wristband. Um, and then you still have it. I was like, so excited. I was like, well, I was like, I'm going back a oh, cool. Like I get to go to the acoustic thing. Um, so I, um, I did. So I later that week, I met up with a couple of friends and, um, we all went to this like Newberry comics thing. We waited in line and went in and we didn't get into the acoustic. They cut it off. Um, I was one person behind where it cut off and the guy in front of me actually cut me in line. And 
it was the worst. No, I still think about how shitty that was. Oh my god, it was awful. He cut me in line, and I felt like I couldn't say anything, so I didn't. I was like, "There's no way that it's just gonna come down to that." And then I watched him get the last wristband, and I was wow. But I got my wristband to meet them, so that's what I ended up meeting up with friends later that week to go back in. Um, and we got a little wristband, we brought our little albums and we went through the store and they were at a little table at the end and we got to like meet them and say hi quick. And it was really fun. Um, and I love that bands still do that. It's great Mm -hmm. for the record store. Like, you know, all those people were going to buy a physical copy of the album when that probably wouldn't have happened. So, um, so I was really into this release when it came out. Um, they definitely toured big time that summer because mm-hmm. I remember going with Matt to go see the tour um, and made myself <laughs> my own little oh, renegade jacket. <laughs> oh, that's so great. So, I've seen this I'm, before. I just never even uh-huh. realized what it is. That's what it is. Oh so yeah, I got a little denim vest and it's painted like, it with my it's own. It's perfect. It's like what they wear. <laughs> it's like what they made mm-hmm. in the... And more in the video. Except and mine has a paintbrush and a calligraphy pen on it. That's so cool. So there's my, wow. yep, that's that. So that's a relic now. I can't wait um, for everybody to see that. <laughs> I know. I'll so post excited. a picture. My own last Renegades jacket. I wanted my own customized um, emblem. Yeah. I mean, I was, I was really into it. Like the whole thing. I loved all the imagery that I usually go see them anyway, but that, tour cycle was even better than a lot of the ones that I've seen them like the the visuals they had just just like very interesting shaped screen um and the energy was great and the songs are just so good live they're some of my favorites that show up in the set list now um but yeah I really I just went with the difference of this album a lot of people felt weird about it but I loved it that's cool I'll now now I need to like listen to their like a full album before this release to be to really fully understand like why people felt that way but I'm glad I'm kind of glad I don't have that comparison because it's interesting yeah that you don't yeah I like that it just kind of stands alone which is cool I really liked the album before this as well and live as well it was one of my favorite cycles to see but it was so different Mm. so I know this was a shock to the system for a lot of people (laughs) yeah well that's cool I'm glad that you really liked it and that you like of course I mean you're such a loyal person when it comes to like a band that you really really love and you're you're so able to accept change of artists when they decide to like switch things up and that was something actually in the interview that I was watching that I thought was really cool how they thanked the fans for for being so open to them trying new things and they wouldn't be able to be successful like without those that loyalty and I thought that was just so great to hear you know because I wouldn't assume that they wouldn't feel that way but it felt like really really genuine to hear it so that was cool I mean a lot of people just can't take the change on artists they love and especially if there's been a consistent kind of sound family and then it's changed a lot of people get so angry because they feel like what they loved is now gone and sometimes it is and I just I don't know I guess it's just like another artist thing I like to see the evolve like I like to see 
I'm interested when someone is like, yeah, I had this like inspiration to go in this totally different way. Mm -hmm. I, I'm like, yeah, I'm feel it out. Like, I think that's great. I think that's growth, but it's a tough one. It's for a fan base. There's a reason they're your fans. And Mm -hmm. then to flip the script, it's like, you have to trust that those people will come along. Yeah. And that's also how, how bands I think die or how artists die is that you keep doing the same thing and it's like oh my god Mm -hmm. this song sounds exactly like this other song or this album exactly like this other album really the only way that you can continue to grow and learn in any situation (laughs) that's applicable in so many ways is to be is to be able to change and adapt Mm -hmm. to that change so it's cool yes yeah especially for long-standing artists it's like you have to adapt to the times in a certain you know to a certain extent Mm-hmm. you know people now want to hear something you have to figure out how your music fits into that or it's not going to work commercially yeah yeah absolutely. did you pick up on the 80s vibes of this I wanted to know that oh yeah particular. the synth in particular okay. for sure and that's- I thought they played around with sounds in a really cool way which oh man okay I thought that was cool and I definitely picked up on that and you know okay. I love I love a good 80s song so and, I thought yep. I immediately was like oh that's nice and when I was, I think it was an interview or maybe I was reading something. They were talking about how they recorded, recorded this song. I mean, sorry, they recorded this album um, in a studio space that was, that a lot of famous people had recorded in. And one particular uh, artist was the Beach Boys. They recorded um, Mm. uh, Pet Sounds in that, in that studio. Oh, okay. And I was like, that's yeah. cool because they did a lot of really interesting things with their sound. And I can kind of hear some Beach Boys vibes. So I thought that yeah. was cool. It's like, is something hanging in the air at East West mm-hmm. Los Angeles? Like, <laughs> yeah, it's funny. It's, it's that, I think that's the kind of energy conduction that's, that's interesting mm-hmm. to look at like how many studios have housed all of these works and you end up finding the thread in between them all. Mm-hmm. So it's cool that they literally went back to the eighties for Yeah. It. I love that. It's great. Yeah. It's always fun to do that. I'm sure. And I, I mean, with them having a younger, a younger fan base, that's a little bit of a risk there. And it goes back to just, mm-hmm. you know, being able to do that in, in a way that's so applicable to modern music, but also, yeah. you know, throwing it back a little bit so it's good yeah the way they did it was good it's definitely taking parents music and making it their own for their fans though for sure mm-hmm. like this isn't necessarily the 80s music my mom was listening to but I think it's fun because like the parents can still grab onto it because they see the reference but it's mm-hmm. made new for these kids mm-hmm. yeah that's a fun way to look at it too absolutely and I think um that they were talking about how they had been listening to a lot of music that they listened to as, as when they were younger and like music that even like their parents listened to and that they listened to growing up with them. Um, I thought that that was definitely palatable in this album too. So all of those things come into play as influences, which I, which is great. And it, it happened in a really good way. Didn't make it seem like, like, oh, I'm just going to put this sound here so that people know that it's an influence. It just 
became a part of what they were doing. <laughs> what were some uh, similarities that you found between these two albums? So um, it was I. It was funny because I really kind of before I dove into both albums, looked at them and was like, "Yeah, I don't know how these are gonna link, but they did." So. Yeah. Um, Matt and Kim wrote an album that was very like present in its youth and All Time Low wrote an album that is almost the older brother of the Matt and Kim album. Mm, that's a great way to put it. That's interesting. Yeah. I hadn't, I hadn't thought about it like that. I, I definitely agree. I think both of them capture a youthful feeling. I, Matt and Kim for sure. is just like, your crazy kid trying to make it in the city and just like don't give a fuck about anything and you're running wild with your dreams which is great mm-hmm. and then uh, and then you know with all time lows album there's definitely youthfulness there too it's almost like you're you're young enough to have these like these very um strong emotions about you know, about love and about your, you know, maybe your first love or like a very impactful one and just how you take on those emotions and what you do with them and how they make you feel. But it's also almost like maybe like an older teenager, like growing into an adult and like on the cusp of, of becoming somebody bigger than who they currently are. So both of them, both albums for sure have that like youthful feeling I had thought about it as being the older brother that's cool do you think Matt and Kim are young renegades because I Uh, kind of do (laughs) I love that oh my god yeah yeah that's how I look at it Uh, they're absolutely in this group of people that could easily have been hanging out with the people that all time low are writing about and Mm -hmm. like embodying in their writing just reckless youth mm-hmm. it, there's I mean they both have a sense of reckless youth I just see it as all-time lows is a look back at reckless youth mm-hmm. or transition out of reckless youth and Matt yep. and Kim is like being in the middle of it yep yep absolutely I agree and I think as far as similarities go to just both of them being being able to write a story in a yeah. really great way and I think you know listening to this this album by Matt and Kim I really realized that this is almost like the city is telling the story versus a, the perspective of a person so it's yeah. like like Brooklyn is telling the story of people who live inside of it and mm-hmm. then I thought that was just so smart I was like oh my yeah. god I've never thought about it like but then when you go through each song, it's almost like a, it's almost like some parts of the album are about this specific thing, which I very much felt was um, like two young kids that were young, want to play music and want to make it big. But then there's yes. this other part of the album where it's like, well, there's this pressure. You live in New York. You have to be, you have to have a job. Everything's expensive. So how do you... Um, break free of that um, mindset of like being young and having to obtain that goal when it's not yeah. the goal that you want to obtain. 
I was just like, oh my God, what a great story. And then obviously with Last Young Renegade, like just this a beautiful story about like love, like young love and just like having this person in your life and almost like when, and we'll talk about this, like an addiction to this person because it's, they're filling a void for you and, and you're filling a void for them and you, you know, they break up and it's terrible and awful, but then there's like this, oh yeah, that was a, it, I don't want to like talk too much about it. Cause I feel like <laughs> each, I feel like each song like really, um, breaks it down a little bit better, but, uh, yeah. So, so such great storytelling on both ends. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, it is quite funny how they did overlap pretty well. Mm-hmm. It was a nice surprise. I think for both of us. So that was yeah. cool. That's good. We're doing something right. <laughs> so what was your gem for grand? So my gem for grand was I'll take us home. Okay. Um, I just feel like this is a really beautiful song of just like, I'm going to take care of you and I'm going to get us home after this really long tour stretch. Like that's kind of how I <laughs> saw it as this, these two, like I said, these two young kids who want to make it big and they went on like a went on a tour and they're rusted old van and they may break down on the side of the highway but now they're racing to get home because they're so fucking tired um and I love the line in that's in the song that says um every single scar means something to me and it yes. just and it just resonates with me for sure because you get scars throughout your life and they tell a story and I can only imagine these kids on a tour probably have some scars from some crazy shit that they were doing. And, and I just felt like it really captured that, like, that need to like get there, but also that like narrative of like, I'm going to take care of you and like get you home while you're, you're like fast asleep in the passenger seat, you know? Yeah. But I liked it. I like that song a lot. It just every time I hear it is so good. Oh man. Oh, there's this also this other lyric where it says, he says, this roof could be my bed. Blankets feel like the night sky. I stood back on the couch, remembered this is my life with my hands over my head, friends, by friends by my side. And I feel like that's him and Kim, like realizing, like we accomplished what we wanted to accomplish. How amazing is that? Like, you're literally like, looking at the night sky like everything is just so big and everything in that one moment just like comes to a head and you're like this is exactly where I need to be what an incredible moment that is and I feel like this is the drive home from that yeah realization and being like okay I'm gonna get you home and we're gonna do it all over again in the in the next couple of weeks or for the rest of my life I wrote down the same line remember this is my life because I, I think to jump off of your point, it this song felt like they were coming back changed, mm -hmm. um, particularly the line, here we stand with a wolf-like shadow. Like they're coming back from tour. I also wrote that down as well. Um, probably like one of their first big tours, if not perspective from the first like big grueling tour. Mm -hmm. They come back a changed um, individual, a changed professional, like to their old life though to old Brooklyn to their old apartment um and it's just one of those moments of people like I feel like I see this a lot 
in success that people are like, remember when you wanted to be in this moment, like, like before when you were trying to get to this moment here, that's what this song really felt like to me Mm. as they kind of arrived at a point and they were like, yeah, wow. Look at all the stuff we've done before. Like it might not be the prettiest and we might be really tired and really beat, but we are now changed. Mm -hmm. I love that. I love that. That is what you got from it too. That's awesome. Yeah. What was your gem? So my gem was turn this boat around. Okay. All right. I love that. Tell me why. So I, (laughs) I have questions for Matt and Kim. Um, I really, really want to know if turn this boat around is a reference to the whole burn the ships thing um, where in 1579, 1519, 1519, I can't read my own handwriting. Cortez landed in Veracruz. He then told someone to burn all his ships. And then when his men found out that all their ships were burned, he said, now we have to make it work. Mm. It's when, so when someone's like burn the ships, it's you leave no option for yourself um and it's a big point of like (sighs) process for creative people that they put themselves in situations where you make it work or Mm -hmm. you fake you have no option you have to make it work so you make it work yeah And, and that's kind of where I saw this song um because there's a little passage that says, leave it all behind, see the fight, make the best of it. Good night. You keep going. All right. And then I wrote, you keep going. Like it just, this whole thing is you keep going, but you know, leave it all behind, see the fight, make the best of it. Good night. Like it, it just is what it is. And we've mm. put ourselves in this position. We've burnt our ships and we just have to like forge ahead because there is no ships to go back to. Wow. The song, wow. After it, if I could point out is called cinders. Yeah, that's true. I really, really want to know. It's just an instrumental, so there's no other clues in it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but to your point, though, and it's funny, uh-huh. I wrote, I wrote, I'm about to give up, but I won't. Like, that's exactly mm-hmm. what this song that's is. In the lyric, like, with miles and miles of roads, how do you know which ones have holes? Like, how would you know which path is right or wrong until you try? So you can't give up. You got to keep going, to your point. And I see this song it's funny because cinders like this is the slowest song on the album yes cinders is just like fucking go hustle hustle yeah yeah absolutely it's it's like we got to get this done so it's like this lull in your life when you're like fuck no like everything feels like it's falling apart and then cinders is just like this is you making it work yes yeah they're kind of a package deal in that way um And it's, I mean, it's hard to say it's a transition point on the album because it's track number eight. Mm -hmm. And then after this, there's only, there's Cinders, which I'm going to consider that package. But after it, it's just Take Us Home. But I don't know, maybe it's not always like the transitional point is in the middle of the story always. Like this still could be a transitional point. And then you finish this tour strong and you come back and, you know, the process is never really over. But I saw this as a turning point in the album or the story. Mm, that's cool I love that you took that away from that that's that's awesome yeah I hadn't even really thought about it like that until you and it's funny because even in cinders I'm just like looking at my notes and I'm just I wrote like 
it's a total scramble. It's a, it's like, you've got to get something done, but you have no time, but you're just like running, <laughs> just yep. scrambling. Yeah. That's the feeling I got. <laughs> that's you're awesome. just, yeah. You're hodgepodging it together. Yeah. I don't know. The burn the ships thing is something that me and my studio mate talk about a lot in mm. terms of like, you know, getting to the next level of being like a professional creative. So that's just something that's always on my mind. So that's why that struck me that way. But I'd be very interested to hear if that was what this song is about, Mm -hmm. even to a point, you know, Mm -hmm. it's too weird. Turn this boat around is too weird to not be a reference to that. I'm telling you, we got to get active on our Twitter and we got to just I know. tweet these questions to people. <laughs> Be like, please listen to our podcast. But also we have this question because we were talking about it. We need to know. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh, well, there's a couple other songs that I definitely wanted to touch upon within Grand. Um, first, just being Daylight. And mm-hmm. yep. I mean, just can't go without acknowledging. We can't, that. we can't not acknowledge it. Um, and like you said, you said it perfectly that this is the most put together song on the album. For sure it is. And it's such a smack you in the face, gets you right in, drags you right in um, yep. song. Which, great intro. It's a super yeah. great intro. Um, and it just gets you right into this, like, even just the line, I hope someday I'll see without these frames sort of tells me Mm -hmm. that this is like a person that's hopeful to break from the framework of their current life, you know, like. That's good. I did not even think about that, but I love that as a metaphor, like both being real, but also, yeah. Yeah. And I just thought it was a good way to, to start that journey of, of yes telling this story from the perspective of of the city and these these two people that are just trying to 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 scramble to use that word again to like make it work it's the most untarnished hopeful song on the album absolutely yeah which chronologically makes sense to put it at the beginning yeah. of this journey yeah this is this actually when people used to ask me like what's your favorite song I used to say that this is my favorite song of all time because it just felt like it was right I don't know if I still feel that way I'd have to think one about of them it, though a hundred percent like definitely like at least top 10 yeah for sure yeah because it's just always brings you back but yeah <laughs> um and then good old-fashioned nightmare too like yep it was also on my list it's yeah. an interesting song it is yeah it's it is an interesting song for sure um I love the line show me the side streets of your life or in your I life down the same one. yeah <laughs> yes I love that it's like you know show me everything yeah. give me give me yep. all the bad all the good I want to know everything like don't keep it from me and that's the best way to have any relationship romantically or or platonically so yeah and it's the opening line in the song so it lays it right on the table yeah which I liked what do you think good old-fashioned nightmare means like because the song is very youthful and it's about just kind of like (laughs) filling your time yeah like the line riding trains to the end of lines like I laughed because like that's just something you do out of boredom or like in the city like Mm -hmm. No end, no end of any train line is ever exciting ever. 
please show me one that is because all the ones I know are just nothing. Like you just, they're just kind of nothing. Um, so it is really, to me, it was just this, like, you're enjoying time with this person. You're really mm-hmm. getting to know them on a deep level, but it's still very youthful in the way that you're just like stumbling around. So mm-hmm. based on all of that, the term good old fashioned nightmare, is it just riffraff? Like, yeah, I think, so. I think so. I think they're like the kids that you, you know, if you're 30 something on the train watching this teenage couple be fucking assholes. I mean, the, <laughs> the line, let's go smash out every light. Like they're clearly yes. causing just chaos in the city yeah. and they're, but they're, they clearly are like young lovers, like getting to yeah. know each other, but they're just like, yep, yeah, you know, we're the good old fashioned nightmare that you hate <laughs> to see. <laughs> um, just like ruining everything around you but also yeah. having like the best time with no fucks given. Yeah, yeah. They're unaware that everyone hates their guts. Exactly. Completely unaware. Yeah. But it's a good, it's a good little, it's a good song. I'm glad that you, that you had that on your list too. What else do I, I have, I wanna, I felt okay. like it was, I felt like I was important to talk about this song because I think, you know, I, and I made a reference to it earlier that there are these two parts of the city. There's the part, especially in Brooklyn, where that's a part, it's not like Manhattan. Manhattan is like, that's where shit's happening. Like there's expensive, like it's expensive to live there. Like not that it's not expensive to live in Brooklyn, but Brooklyn is more like the converse where Manhattan is like the Louis Vuitton. And so, you know, but if you're still like living in New York, like there's just, I'm assuming this feeling of like, I've got to make something of myself. And for you characters to be torn between like, well, do I do what everybody's expecting me to do? Which is like, get a job, wear the suit, work on Wall Street, or do I fuck the suit, put on my ratty converse, my crop top and my ripped jeans and play my heart out on stage? Like, I don't know, you know, and the line, I want to walk on my own floor before I die. I want to close up the cabinets before I die. It's very like, I want to enjoy all this shit. I want to, I want to be able to, to, to live before I die. So I'm glad you explained it because I was like, the song is a whirlwind, but I'm not exactly sure what it means. And that makes more sense to me now hearing your interpretation. Mm -hmm. But I thought, I just felt like it was an alternate perspective from from what has had been going on in this album it like it's Mm -hmm. just like a a reality check like Mm. like a pulse check like okay like I'm continuing to do this thing it feels really hard but you know what I want to I want to do it anyway yeah so yeah it's an internal struggle I guess I see the chaos like less of a whirlwind and more of like a a war inside your head and your heart Right. Of or a war between your head and your heart. Yep. Yep. And then the only other song I felt like I really, and this is, this was almost my gem was Lessons Learned. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's really funny. That's the only other song on my list. <laughs> <laughs> wow. We had the same list. Um, uh, yeah. Lessons Learned. The other one that had a video. So we'll get to that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. <laughs> but 
it is that's kind of where I saw youth start to transition out of or I don't know you start to gain a little bit of perspective in your youth Mm -hmm. where you're making like stupid mistakes and you're also recognizing that you probably shouldn't be doing that anymore like Mm -hmm. the line um that stuck out to me was thinking about tomorrow won't change how I feel today yes I wrote the same line yep Mm -hmm. yep yeah I I kind of felt like that that person's clearly just like done with their antics you know they're like kind of (laughs) well sort of right because it doesn't really I mean they're always going to be them and right and Matt and Kim are always going to be Matt and Kim like their music really hasn't they haven't said like we're not going to stop making chaos they definitely still are if you follow also if you follow them on Instagram they're just like the fucking cutest couple ever it's hilarious they're very engaging people Mm -hmm. um but yeah I I really liked this I love that it's the song it's funny because it's kind of like melancholy in a way this song yeah um but I think it's a great follow-up song from I Wanna like it just it makes sense to be the transition there um the line tape can't hold things that cannot stick I think was just a, yeah. a cool, it's a great, it's a great line. Like you can't pretend to be okay because the tape will give out eventually. Like right. you can't or continue. Or aren't meant to be, you can't force it. Mm-hmm. Yep. You can't continue on this like reckless path You if you really yeah. want to be successful, right? So mm-hmm. if you don't want it, the tape isn't going to hold it there. Yeah. Lessons learned. <laughs> yeah. I almost wonder like if they were, I wonder if when they were trying to like make it big, if, if Matt or Kim had some sort of like dead end job like that or something. It sounds like a struggle out of it. Like, yes, yeah. I, I just like saw that so hard where they're like, why isn't this working? We're trying to make this work, but it's, you're transitioning out of having to like support your basic needs, unfortunately mm-hmm. working for the man before you can do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't they know. must have. I mean, you live in Brooklyn. They're not, I, as far as I can see, they're not rich kids. They're probably figuring out how to pay their rent. Yeah, still expensive in the early two thousands. Like, they, I guarantee you, they have some crazy jobs about like working at a stupid sandwich spot or doing something like oh, delivering yeah. pizzas or <laughs> passing whatever, out flyers on the street. <laughs> whatever you had to do to make it work in between mm-hmm. making whatever shit money you were making doing tours and dive bars like <laughs> yeah you know. there's a line that says because broken legs can be replaced that I also picked out that I both saw as like but don't be like the lesson is like don't be afraid to like be a little reckless but then I thought about it more and I wonder if that line means like the lesson learned is don't be afraid to jump mm. you fall and break your legs they'll heal and you'll jump again but like the lesson learned is you have to jump and take those risks Mm -hmm. it's funny because really at face value just listening to this entire album you would never really want to think about it intellectually I don't think no yeah and a little bit of a struggle until I looked at the words yeah yeah yep and (laughs) some of the even like just their lyrics and words are just like like interpreting that you're like 
what, (laughs) what does this mean? You know? And then you step back. It's like, if you just put it all on the wall, you know, you put it all on sticky notes on your, on your board and you just go, what does this all mean? And then you start to make connections and you're, you're like, oh man, like this is actually a really strong piece of work. You would have never thought that because some things can be so distracting. Um, I agree. But yeah, it's so cool. It is. It is. And I think it's funny. There's just like what a mask that noise can make because like there's a lot of hope and positivity, but there is a lot of pain in this album and struggle. Yeah. 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 And Mm. for for anybody who's, I mean, anybody who's a struggling musician, I'm sure. It's a great album to listen to. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, I'm super pumped. Not that I wasn't pumped to talk about Grand. I just, I'm just like really, I'm just so happy about <laughs> Last Young <laughs> Renegade. So what was your gem? What was your gem? You want to know? Okay. I want to know first. Yeah. I, you know, you're going to laugh because I picked Ground Control. I knew you were going to. You di- I didn't, I didn't mm-hmm. necessarily pick it because of Tegan and Sarah. No, I know, but there's, and it's, I don't think it's a bad choice at all for Jem. I just knew you were going to, and I think in a way it is because it's with Tegan and and Sarah, sorry, (laughs) Tegan and Sarah. (laughs) I I think in a way, because it is with Tegan and Sarah, but we'll talk about that because it's not just a random collab. Like this was a very intentional and successful collaboration. Mm -hmm. It was super successful. And I mean, it makes sense because- you have, I mean, Tegan and Sarah are definitely incredible artists, top five favorite artists of all time. So the fact that I was like in love with this album and also they happened to have a collab with them, I was like, this <laughs> is great. This is great. Um, yeah. Super great. And they had their album Heartthrob, which was super 80s inspired. And Mm -hmm. for them to have chosen them, and I'm sure this is probably where you're kind of like leading with it, for them to have chosen them on this song. First of all, it's called Ground Control. Okay. Like Ground Control to Major Tom, David Bowie, like that's. Oh, okay. Enlighten me a little bit more. They said they were listening to a lot of Bowie when they wrote this album. Oh, did they? That makes so much sense. Okay. So I think this song is called Space Oddity. Yeah, that's the name of the song. Literally the first lyric is ground control to Major Tom. Okay. So I immediately made that connection. Just so good. And I mean, as far as the story goes, I feel like this is very much a turning point, like emotionally when we talk about like the characters in the song, right? And or in the album rather, and just this like love story that's kind of happening. Um, and I just really loved how this, and it'll make more sense as we kind of talk about the other songs where he's kind of like, okay, I guess things are really over and I've got to move on. Um, and that feeling of like really not having that person around feels like you could just float away and they're not there to ground you anymore. Um, so I felt like that was such, like when I thought about it like that, I'm like, well, ground control makes makes sense as as the name of the song but but yeah musically I just this if I didn't know this was all time low I would have never known that 
if I just heard it, yeah. but I, but also I remember you sending me the song because it was a collab with Tegan and Sarah. I so must I, have, yeah, I must have been like, you, oh my you God, definitely look. did. No, you absolutely hundred percent did. And I was like, oh my God, wait, yeah, I remember this song because it has them in it. And you, and I love that they kind of just like sneak in there too. Like yes. they're not in there until the chorus and mm-hmm. it's just so good. They <sighs> kind of own the chorus though, which I like. It's not this like subtle feature like they very much take ownership over certain parts of the structure of the song which I think works perfectly Mm -hmm. yeah and their voices are so like you know who they are when you hear them yes yep very distinct whereas sometimes like with other collabs you're like wait who is that in the background like that's not what they did here and I respect that so much yeah yeah I also think that Alex sounds great with Tegan and Sarah Mm -hmm. I agree yeah, it was a really, really good choice. Yeah. And, I, and, you know, two different artists. Well, apparently they're big fans of each other. Oh, that's great. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, they're big fans. And what I really liked um, is, so there's an NME article that both, they tapped both Alex from All Time Low and Tegan. Um, so they speak on this collaboration and... Um, Alex says that when they were writing the song, they knew they wanted a feature and right away they were like writing the song for Tegan and Sarah, essentially. They were like, this is who would be perfect on the song. They were big fans. Um, Tegan and Sarah heard it, loved it. They were also big fans. They were great. But Alex says he was especially excited to reach out to Tegan and Sarah because he had been big fans of them for a long time. And he really respected their artistry and their activism. Mm-hmm. And I think that's like cool as people. I love that collab because All Time Low has really, and especially Alex as an individual over the last couple of years has like really stepped up and is a voice for what's right and wrong in mm-hmm. society and in the music scene. Um, like he has a very well-known quote that he kind of spoke up when there was a lot still is unfortunately but when there was a lot of shitty shit going on with the pop punk scene with um band members taking advantage of like teen oh, fan okay. girls yeah he like spoke on it and was like we're not here to like fuck around with your fans like mm-hmm. you're not this isn't what your job is you're not here to do that do your job and don't fuck around fans. And I've always like respected him after that. I'm like, that's great because you're probably saying something that affects a lot of your friends and a lot of the Mm -hmm. people, you know, in the scene. And it's only continued with different things like black lives matter and all sorts of social issues. And just like, you'd think common sense, but yeah, he's just a kind, caring person. And I, I just liked that they connected over that too. I think that's cool. You know, that he recognizes them for that. Yeah. Well, it also like creates a space for them as artists and for the the fans to know like, oh, this is a safe place for me to be. And that's what I like. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Oh, so good. So good. Well, what was your gem? So my gem um, was Afterglow. Okay, cool. I love Afterglow. Which has been my favorite since the album came out. Like, Mm -hmm listening to the whole thing and then hearing that song I was really taken it's such a different song it's got a little bit of a Phil Collins vibe 
Oh, I like that. Yeah. Um, I can totally see that. Yeah. These like in the, in the drum beat. Yeah. Yeah. Like, especially in the beginning when you can hear it, cause it's kind of a quiet song in the beginning. I think it's, it's like such a, a very cool message. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's the perfect outro. Like it's just, it leaves you like, you're like, this is the end, but it leaves you floating in this like weird way Mm -hmm. that your heart is like, it just feels, it's like a light, there's a lightness to the end of the song and it's particularly how they structured it at the end. Like literally it's a lightness. Yeah. And even just the name of the the song Afterglow is very much like a, like a hazy, like lightness to it that just like carries you to the end. Like you said, ah, yeah, that's, that's so true. It's like, we've made it out and it makes you really feel like that. Like we've made it out and on a positive note, even if everything went so bad, there's something still positive. You can hold on to it. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I mean, the end, the end where it's just like the sounds are kind of fading out and it's just Alex singing when the lights go down, come find me in the afterglow waiting to be found. I'll meet you in the afterglow. Like it's so sweet. And it is sweet. It is very like that. That's probably the perfect word to describe this song. It's a very sweet song. Mm-hmm. And I love just from the whole storyline, especially like right in the meat of the album It's where it's sort of just messy, like, you know, this character is clearly just like spiraling, doesn't know who they are. Like, you know, with with um, Life of the Party is very much like the lowest point where you're like, you've completely lost yourself. And it's all because of this, like, this like relationship and just like not knowing how to detach from it. And then this song just leaves you with such a positive, like, you know, I think there's a line in it that's like, you know, um, knowing that you're maybe out there somewhere down the road or something like that. I can't remember what the exact yes. line is, but it's like really, really great. Cause it's like, I'm letting, I'm letting this feeling go. I'm letting this memory go. Yes. I'm letting you go. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. But, um, but I'm also like, I'm, I'm really hoping that you're doing okay. And like, maybe, maybe yeah. someday down the road, we'll be able to maybe not be together. Maybe, I don't know, but have respect for one another in a way that's just like so mature you know yeah yeah and genuinely like real and positive and Mm -hmm. like the love is still there it's just different like it's come out on the other side yeah it's a special song I really like I would have loved to see everyone's reaction in the studio like when it was all mixed and tracked and they play it back and everyone just kind of sits there and takes it in like I'm sure that was very powerful. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's that's how I felt when I first heard that song. I was like, wow, like Mm. I feel affected. (laughs) I kind of can't wait for them to, not that I want to get old any quicker, but I kind of can't wait for them to have (laughs) or hopefully have like a 10 year anniversary for this celebration for this, for this album, because imagine them ending with the song and like, you're just like, tears streaming down your face and you're just like (gasps) you know (laughs) yeah for sure and I hope more people gain an appreciation of this album through the graphic novel because yeah 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 
it's it's a masterpiece and I don't know if it quite landed that way when it came out because it was so different so we'll see what happens mm-hmm. but I I'm hoping for that as well that reaction on that 10 year <laughs> I don't want to get old like I said but I know but I really want to see it I know <laughs> and then what else is on your list I I want to talk about dirty laundry okay and I I was this on your list too Yes. Okay, good. Yeah, it's a strong um, contender for this. It's it's a very important part of this album. Yes. And mostly I was just, first of all, the chorus is really, really, is really fun. But lyrically, this song is really cool. So I wrote, um, her closet's such a mess, filled up with all the skeletons she's kept. Um, now here's some honesty. Sometimes I trip over your history. Wish I could change my mind, but it's the things I shouldn't see that always catch my eye um just really really well written song uh and I love that you know what he's saying here is you know I know I know your past I know your history but like sometimes I can't help but get caught up in that and wonder Mm -hmm. if that's gonna like catch up with me um but yeah oh man I just I really I really love the song. I love that he's saying, like, despite your mess, <laughs> you look great, essentially. <laughs> yeah. I, I think it's so easy to say I'll accept and love someone for all that they are. But in reality, like, the the choice and the process to follow through with that isn't so clean. Mm-hmm. And this is a great like example of how complicated it can be. Absolutely. Yep. And, and any relationship whether it's stuff that's happened in your relationship that you have to work through and move on from and forgive or if it's stuff that's that you just know someone's past you know someone's history how do you trust that person knowing maybe they weren't the best to their past partner or you know whatever you know yeah that can be hard because it's it's baggage right and that's kind of what I see this song as too is like literally she's slinging her dirty laundry over her over her shoulder and dragging it with her into her into this relationship and he's just choosing to be like you know what like those are her clothes and she looks great in them yeah she's even wearing them sometimes Mm -hmm. I think it does get that close dirty laundry looks good on you like very impactful line and it's so, projected in so such smart. different ways. Yeah. yeah. So simple. It's so simple, but it's so impactful. Um, also the beginning lines, I don't believe in saints. They never make mistakes. Like that's mm-hmm. how the song starts out. Mm-hmm. Nobody's perfect. Yeah. No. Nope. Yeah. yeah. Very real raw song. Loved it. Yeah. It was a goodie. Um, I also had wanted to talk about um, good times. Okay. Um, because I was immediately like, Jen must love this song. <laughs> I do. I, I do. It's, <laughs> is that sound or lyrics? Like what made you think I, that? Because it's just so dreamy. It also really symbolizes yes. like growing up and like being a mess and trashing the city yeah. and being like careless. <laughs> so I just, not yeah. that you go around trashing the city, <laughs> No, but, but it just reminded I mean, me <laughs> of like, <laughs> It just reminded me of like a night out after seeing a live band and like, yeah, it's pure nostalgia. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, oh man, this like made me just think of you. I love that. It's got a good pace. Like, it's just like, 
Oh, it's a, it's a fun song. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It gave me good old fashioned nightmare vibes. Yeah. Yes. It's, and that's what I mean, where I can see those kinds of kids that they're writing about reflected in these kinds of kids that we're seeing. It's very interchangeable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. I like, I like that the pace of it almost makes it seem like it's in slow motion. Like yes. as if it is a reflection of a memory. Yep. Yeah. You know? I agree. But that's all I really wanted to say about it. It just made me think of you. I love that. <laughs> um, and then Life of the Party was the mm-hmm. the last. Did that speak to you? I thought that it was just like, it was, you know, it's interesting because I have a, a different perspective on it now after watching the video. At first, I kind of thought like, is he being like cocky? And then I remembered like, the point of the song or the point of the album and I was like well no I think this is just the character that he's writing is trying to fill this sadness with with alcohol with champagne with being the center of attention having all these friends that are actually just strangers around that have no connection to this individual um and like waking up in the morning and just being like, who are all these people that are in my hotel room or wherever? And who am I mostly? Like, but at first I was like, huh, like this, it kind of had like, it gave me this feeling of like, this person's douchey. <laughs> I had the same exact thought. Yeah. Self-proclaimed life of the parties, usually right. a good thing, but then to like look at it through the video it was much more of like a oh god it's more of like a shit how did I become the life of the party that's not good like that was never a good achievement and Mm -hmm. I'm here and that's kind of where I finally like landed then I just had to like like step back like you said like I said earlier like you're looking at the board and you're piecing it all together and you're like well what does the song really mean and and I'm like oh like this is actually just a really low point in this person's storyline like this person's just like I just started partying because that's the only thing I could think to do in a situation where I was heartbroken and couldn't move past this feeling and this person and now I'm like looking at myself going oh <laughs> how did I end up here like yeah it was a coping mechanism you know I wondered if it was like a reflection on the music industry as well and kind of coming up through that Mm -hmm. as a young person. Um, And it made me just time relevancy because it just came out. It it made me think a little bit of like, unfortunately, situations that people like Demi Lovato go through. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And just how how out of control it can spin. Um, Just because I think the song is like 100% substance abuse. Yeah. And mental health like together um so that's it yeah it it gave me those vibes of like when I really looked into it I was like oh this was like never good from the start Mm -hmm. and the way that the song's constructed musically too is it's so different than the rest of the songs on this album um and even just the way that it like starts it automatically brings you down just with the music you're just like oh, like this is a decline 
just the way they bring you there musically was really cool too. Um, and yeah. it's almost like this haziness over everything, but not a good haziness, like an afterglow, like a no. I'm hungover haziness. <laughs> like, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I had one more that mm-hmm. I wanted to talk about. Um, and that was Dark Side of Your Room. Mm-hmm. I love this song. Um, it was hard not to pick this one as my gem. Mm-hmm. I just think Afterglow has a deeper effect on me. Dark Side of Your Room is just like so fun. It's mm-hmm. so fun. It's something exciting is about to happen. Um, something exciting is happening. There's so many great lines like nights like these, who needs the days? Mm-hmm. Like it's just like it's one of my favorite yeah, it's songs a bop. live yeah. that they play. Yeah, it's a I wrote down it's a bop. <laughs> <laughs> And it's another one. It's like, a, it's almost maybe like a, a more fun version of Dirty Laundry because I saw it as accepting mm-hmm. all parts of someone you're into, um, particularly the line, I'm on the dark side of your room with the notches on your bedpost. Yep. It's like said in such a party way though. Like, it's just like, yeah, it's okay. Like, yeah, I love this. <laughs> Basically, well, it's funny that he said like notches on your bedpost because I was like, oh, that's like you know, I know that from a different song. I know that lyric from a fallout boy song. And then I was like, yes. <laughs> and then I've, I was like, wait, do I know what that means? Like I I've always interpreted it as like, well, your bedpost is on your bed. Like it's notches as like, this is how many people I've slept with, but I actually That's had what to I've look interpreted too. I had to look it up to make sure I was right. And, and I, we it? are, yeah, we definitely are. <laughs> okay, we're definitely spot on. So I was just like, oh, okay, oh okay. man, okay. He's literally saying, I don't care how many people you've slept with. I want to sleep with you tonight. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it, it seemed like it says, "Are these your friends or are they mine?" And then there's a line like, "They love it when you stir me up." Mm. Um, but. I can like hear it in my head. Like it's, it's such a fun bop, but it starts to like, okay, now we see these two people's lives are like melding together in this like Mm. successful way. Mm -hmm. Like, damn. Um, Yeah. I just think this is like kudos. It's just such a fun, fun song. I'm like shocked that you haven't turned it on and just like danced around your house yet. I feel like that's going to hit for you one day. It always probably will. I hear the song. You know, I'm surprised that they, didn't make that like this would have been a stronger opener not that I I don't love oh not that I don't love last young renegade but this would have been a really strong opener I think it would have been confusing though that's true but wow but it's yeah it is it does have the makings of an opener like it starts in that way that sucks you right in too huh you know what's cool about this album too is I think sometimes and and I'm noticing this just as a pattern in most of the albums that we've now talked about sometimes the middle to end of an album can be really like hit or miss and what was cool for me is I felt like it almost didn't start off as strong but it ended so well and I was like that's good and and even just from listening and reading about the the writing of this album they put so much thought and worked a year on this and then what would they say they were saying they went to they went on the blink 182 tour Mm -hmm. and they had kind of fleshed all of this out but then they were re-listening to things and there were things that they got bored with that they discarded and then Alex like wrote like four or five new songs or something but um but just the care and collaboration that went into this like they really did a solid job making sure that no song, like 
I could have talked about every single song on this album. Yes. I yeah, really it absolutely tear it down. It was that good. Yeah. And that was, that was, that's cool. You know, if you walk away from something saying, you know, I really can't think of a song that didn't fit. Maybe, maybe like the only one that I was like, nah, was nice to know you. But even yeah. then I was like, but it, it still, still blends. Fits. Like it still blends yeah. from good times to life of the party. You can't have, you couldn't have it go from good times to life of the party without nice to know you. So they did a really yeah. solid job there. Yeah, there is no fillers. They really did a good, I agree. solid job. Yeah. And they said they had no deadline when they were making this album. And I think that is when it turns something from commercial to art. Mm-hmm. Or it's an easier way to turn it from just a commercial product to art. Mm-hmm. When you have that time to just poke at it and poke at it and scrap it and do it again. And, you know, it's it shows, mm-hmm. which is cool. Yeah. And... I think they were talking about how they didn't have like one person in charge this time Mm -hmm. when they wrote this album and um the interviewer asked them like oh was that difficult like did it prove to be hard to have not really any sense of direction from somebody um and they were saying no like it gave us more freedom and yeah it could have it could have taken longer but you had somebody to say like you had your friend to be like, check out this cool thing that I thought of, or like this guitar riff or this guitar pedal that makes it sound like it's a piano, but it's actually a guitar, like things like that, that you wouldn't have gotten if there was just somebody like telling you to pump out an album because you have to. Yeah. 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 I mean, and that's what producers are there for. Some people need that in their process. Mm-hmm. as they need that structure and that guidance but they didn't with this and I'm glad that they had the opportunity yeah, yeah. videos videos <laughs> let's go back to Matt and Kim and we'll okay. cover theirs first and then we'll jump back cool sounds good I mean the first video we could talk about is lessons learned I mean what <laughs> I don't even have much to say about it other than they get naked, run down mm-hmm. through <laughs> Times Square and mm-hmm. get um, almost arrested. And then Kim gets yeah. hit by a bus at the end, like yeah. naked. It's kind of a little bit like performance art. They're not singing the songs. Mm-hmm. It's this whole thing is just like one long shot of them discarding piece of clothing by piece of clothing past people that are like reacting and then the whole rest of it plays out, which isn't really terribly a lot. And I'm sure like things like this happen at Times Square a lot. (laughs) I'm sure it was probably just like a play on like, we live in New York. Like this is stuff that happens all the time. We are those people. (laughs) But it was also like, I think for lessons learned, it was perfect because it was like this stupid, like choice you make as an invincible youth that you're like, I can do whatever I want. I'm not afraid. And um, yeah, man, I'll fight off a couple of police. And I think it's funny um, and running And away. then like lesson learned, like she just like kind of is like, ah, oh, we did it. And like gloating and backs into the road and gets just wiped out by a city bus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely a great little, it's a very easy play on yes. what, the, what the song was about. But it was- it was cute. It was, yeah, it is what it was. 
And then yeah. you've got daylight, <laughs> which is just, I think a super, super cute little video. And I mean, showcase yes. their tiny ass Brooklyn yes. apartment and how they're, I mean, yeah, I play on the whole album, I think of like, yeah, we're playing our instruments in the closet and in the bathtub and the refrigerator and just this is our our little life where we're like trying to make it work it was very cute very well done it was and it was in all of these like extremely frustrating situations but mm-hmm. if you look at their faces through the whole thing like they're just having a good time they're the smiling time. yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah they have really positive like outlook and like that I mean that reflects through the whole album there's there's that one down song but it's like still super hopeful and it's like yeah if this is what we really want we're gonna do it and mm-hmm. what great what great people they are I think just reflected in their music and in this little video yeah yeah I thought it was really very 2009 especially with the stop motion floor yes. at the end yes I thought that was I, funny I wrote that too I'm like that was such like a a thing of the time that that was a yes. lot of people were doing that. <laughs> yeah. Even down to the red balloon. I just like, that was such an imagery of 2009, the balloons, like the scene girls had the balloons mm-hmm. and there was like some like weird little like comic drawings with like a character, like I'm sad, like holding a red balloon. Like it's, it was very much of the time, yep. which is fun. It's like a little time capsule. It is. It definitely is. It was cute. It was well done. I liked it. Yeah. But Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah back to <laughs> back to all time renegade low. it gets a little I okay so go ahead and just speak some words because I'm um really impressed that they impressed you yes enough that you're satisfied with this yeah I mean I think with good times even though it didn't really reflect like the story of the album which tends to annoy me right like if I mm-hmm. if I'm listening to an album that has this great storyline and then I go to watch the video and it has nothing really necessarily to do with those characters that were written into this album I'm like usually I would be like oh but this video just like pulled on so much um emotion and it's still so relevant unfortunately today it broke my heart you know but it was yeah so important for a band who has young followers to, to send a message to that community where like there are, here are all these, all these young people in the world with, with hardships of their own, whether that be, you know, racism or whether that be your sexual orientation or whatever, whatever it is, whatever hardship you're facing, it's so hard to go through those things alone as a young teenager and at the end to have all of those individual storylines of people that were shown in the video be together and they're dressed up like they're going to all going to prom together was just I'm like oh man of course they're all like friends and like they all have Mm -hmm. each other and they found their little community and it was almost like all-time low sending a message to to any individual struggling with not fitting in or you know just not having found the people to surround themselves with. Like you can come to an all time low show and not know anybody and know that you're in a safe space. And that was just, everyone's invited. Everyone's invited. And Oh, Mm -hmm. what a great message. And yeah, I was just, I was literally like 
<laughs> like yeah. eating Cheetos while I was watching these music videos, <laughs> like choking because I was crying. <laughs> and I mean, this was released in 2017. So we're a year into the Trump administration. Um, we've seen from the band at this point in time, um, an avid disagreement with everything that administration was bringing on people that were represented in this video. Mm-hmm. And they did like, they put their money where their mouth is and they wrote that right into what they were doing. And I think it's, it's another time capsule that's like important for the times. Mm-hmm. And it truly showed them or truly showed that they like give a fuck and yeah. you know, they they're seeing it. And I think like we see a lot of different like kids be seen in this video and I just liked that with their like pain we also saw their joy mm-hmm. and that's something that like we see a lot of like black pain or we see a lot like only you know like all these movies that are coming out we're only seeing like all of these like just painful points in people of color and not their joy. Like people mm-hmm. are like, where is like movies about black joy? Why is it always just slavery? Why is it always just, you know, this person dealing with racism? And I like that they showed both sides of the coin. I think yeah. it gave a lot of autonomy to the characters. That's so true. That's such a good point. Yep. It's important. Yep. It, it it put them all as ra- well-rounded individuals that have a real life and exist. Yeah. And even though they're dealing with these hard things, like they also have these like other points in their life, you know, like they're not just a character put in, wrote into a story for the purpose of um, like, oh, look, so sad. We shouldn't treat these people like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially I, coming from all white members. It's important yeah. that they didn't do that. Yeah. That was exactly going to be my point is that from an inclusion and diversity standpoint, like you've had, you've had an all white band, you know, how do you foster a a culture within your community of music that is all inclusive and you do that through your messaging and that is through your videos. And so that's great. I love it. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. I really was impressed. It's awesome. And then um, we have afterglow which was another okay. another one that really, I wouldn't, I mean, at first you're like, oh, great, like a live show. I think, were they in London? They were at Alexandria Palace in London. Okay. It's just very like famous specific venue that's on my list. Mm. It's an it's an old like palace. It was Essentially beautiful. is what I understand. Yeah, gorgeous. And so I was immediately like, well, that's really cool. And, you know, I just thought like, okay, yep. Like we've got, you know, a live video, but then I started like, as they're showing people in the crowd, I literally, (laughs) I'm going to get my period. So I'm already emotional, (laughs) but they showed someone like waving a trans flag in the audience. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, (laughs) it's like, oh, it just goes back to the same point where, yeah, you know, they had this video good times and then you know these people are showing up to these shows and they're like proud to be there and wave their flag and be like you know this is who I am and know they're safe and that is just so wonderful and it just made me so emotional (laughs) on top of like the joy 
that their live shows bring. And this is why I've been a fan for so long. And this is why I continue to go see them. They are just like, I, I got a little emotional with that video too, just with like, yeah, I know it's because we're in like month 13 of quarantine and I haven't seen anyone live for 14 months now. Not that I'm counting, but like it's <laughs> watching that and like really sitting back and just letting it soak in was like, wow. Every time I think about like why I love music and I like question, or like not question, but you're like, why do I love this so much? Like, what is it? That's it. Like mm-hmm. they did a really good job of capturing that emotional feeling for so many people on so mm-hmm. many levels of inclusion and enjoyment and you know their own presence like it was kind of the perfect video to do that for and they just shot it so well and um I enjoyed it like, it really gave you a sense like I love that you were able to see that and I can now be like yeah that's like that was what we saw in Boston like for that album cycle and you can mm-hmm. like know what that felt like like you understand why I I loved that so much yeah it definitely it made me no I'm sure nobody misses live music more than you it definitely (laughs) it definitely did make me miss live music a lot especially where just they just focused so much on like the explosion of the um confetti confetti and I was just like oh and everybody was just going and it was just like and he's smiling well and all the bandmates are smiling and there's just such like beautiful like positive emotions flowing and I was just like man I really really miss really miss going to live shows um yeah it did a good job of that yeah (laughs) I know let's jump to the other semi-live video which was nice to know you Mm -hmm. that was interesting it was interesting. I think they did it well. I think color palette wise, this was really cool. Just like the little like illustrations that they had and like the pops of pinks um, was mm-hmm. cool. I, I liked that. I really liked, so I had to figure out where they were. I was like, hold mm-hmm. on a second. And then I was like, oh, they're in Baltimore. And then I had to look up where the band is from. I'm like, they must mm-hmm. be from Baltimore. They're from Maryland. This was them basically like visiting the places that they had like played shows at right yes. okay. I love and they left a rose at each place yes. yeah like to I say love thank you see, mm-hmm. you'd see like this place closed or we headlined this place or we played this place in 05 and no one came <laughs> <laughs> it was like cute the little tidbits I think it yeah. was a good way to do it um especially having a video cycle where you have two live videos mm-hmm. this was the way to to make that work so yeah. it was cute I appreciated that yeah it was cool the way they did it I also loved because a truck drives by and it says ground control shipping co. And I was like, ah! <laughs> they hit them all through. <laughs> I'm like, Oh, how cute. And so they do that like a couple of times yeah. or you see murals from the album art on buildings. Yeah. You're paying so much for this, like branding on an album mm-hmm. um, that like one you're paying for it. And two, they worked with pa- digital painter named Samuel Spratt who usually does a lot of hip hop, like very iconic hip hop covers. Oh, cool. Um, so it was great to see that they made use of all of the imagery that he did as well. So oh, I loved that cool. it was a celebration. Yeah. What yeah. did you what did you think of Last Young Renegade? So I thought it was cute. Um, I forgot it's another live video. It was a great way to to tie in a live video. Mm-hmm. I, I thought it was fun. Like it was it was cool. I loved the beginning and the end. 
And that's where I wanted to see Dark Side of Your Room made into a video that followed. Mm. Like it would just be them in the crowd. Yeah. When they got there. But tell oh, me. Oh, that would have been good. Oh, I was so happy with this video. I can't remember awesome. which <laughs> which album it was we talked about. There was a video, maybe it was neck deep. Mm-hmm. Where they they were in a house. And I remember you were like, it just wasn't enough for me. Yeah, because I wanted and I was thinking there about to that. be more storyline. And yeah, yeah, it was, it was that. And I was so happy that they fucking ended up at the show at the end. I was like, if they don't end up at the show at the end, this (laughs) album, this not album, this, this video is trash. It's trash. If they don't end up there, it's trash. So when they finally walked in, I was just like silently applauding, like, thank you. (laughs) Tie it it all together, folks. Yes, exactly. It was great. They could have just not done that and left it in the beginning with Alex seeing them and them them having a um an adventure, but I really mm-hmm. love that they brought them back into the venue. Yes, me too. I'm like, thank you for just pulling it full circle for us. And I thought it was just so smart because like this song, like I love that Alex pulls up in his car. He sees these two young kids that are like in love, whatever, the car broke down. And then he goes and sings this song on stage and he's reminiscing about like I mean, I couldn't, I didn't know. That was one thing about this album was I was like, it seems so personal and so well-written. It's hard for me to think that this is all not true. Like, you They know, said it was personal. Okay, okay. They did, So that's yeah. good to know. Okay, because I definitely got that feeling. And um, specifically with this video, I was like, oh, and then he goes and sings a song about a relationship he's reminiscing about. And seeing these kids like, you know, in a similar situation to what he may have been in and it was well done. So I was happy. I was was happy with it. Yeah. I I think well done. Well done. They got us on another live video. Mm -hmm. So I want to talk about life of the party before we end on, end on dirty laundry. Okay. Um, so life of the party. Hmm. Yeah. Good video for the song. It was like, it was pretty much a play by play of, you know, what was happening in the song. They show a character that is at the club just getting progressively wasted. Yeah. And it's so uncomfortable. Like, yes. they do such a good job of making, like, cringeworthy is the only word I can yeah. think of to really explain the setting. Um, and how they're really like setting up this character to be like in his mind, he's thinking like, oh, everybody wants to be around me. And like, I'm so fun on the outside perspective. He's just a mess. He's falling yeah. down the stairs. His eyes are half open. This girl goes to kiss him and then pushes him away because he's like just a, a wreck. Like who wants to kiss this guy? He's just wasted like can't even open his eyes um and then you see him like alone with surrounded by like alcohol and nobody's with him and it's just like sad it's so sad and then he wakes up in the morning and like is remembering these moments and like oh man what the (laughs) it's like the worst feeling ever when you have to reminisce on like a moment where you were just like so drunk that you were just not even yourself and like the pain that 
that character is exuding in the video of like remembering those moments is so well played out and like well acted that it's just so you can just like feel it in your gut you know yeah and by the end of his night when it's pretty much him alone with just a bunch of you know bottles everywhere Mm -hmm. and he's at the table he breaks the fourth wall and looks right at the camera and like he is he played it well he is just gone Mm -hmm. like blackout at this point but he has this look of just like pain on his face at that point too he's like oh no this isn't good Mm -hmm. yep and I get it like many many I've definitely been there like not in a similar situation where I was out but oh man yeah like sometimes you're just like I just drank too much and I'm it was a bad choice (laughs) (laughs) not quite as sad as that video but definitely like yeah rough (laughs) yeah and then what do we have is that it no dirty laundry dirty laundry so this video hit me really hard, strangely. Really? Yes. Uh, so premise of the video, you see Alex, and this was the first video they released too. So it's like thinking back and I, and that's like, a, God damn it. I wish I like watched the video when this came out because I wonder how this would have affected me image wise or if I would have caught what I'll tell you I caught. Um, But the premise of the video is he's at a a laundromat at night. It's kind of like, I think there's one other person there, but it's like, he's by himself. He's like staring. He's just sitting on like a dryer, staring into a washer, waiting for his shit to be done. Um, Definitely feeling off. And then you kind of see him like fade away Hmm. and um, it, it zooms out and he's now in the laundromat by himself and there's the neon spade behind him, um, mm-hmm. the like little all-time low spade logo. And that's kind of, it's green. So you're in the dark at this point, but you have this green neon light illuminating him and the washers around him. Um, and you start to see these people come in and out of the scene. And you um, you see like a girl come in and kind of like, he's he's just standing there in the same spot the whole time he's kind of singing the words he's like moving his mouth but he's got this thousand yard stare Mm -hmm. and he's like not reacting to the people around him um you know this girl comes in and she kind of like hangs all over him and like kind of kisses him walks away and then these four guys come in and they kind of rough him up and they rip his shirt and he's just standing here not reacting and then um a bride comes in and is kind of like going through the motions and everyone into the scene is animated and they're there, but Alex is just not present at all. Um, and she leaves and she kind of does something, something destructive to him. And then these two people that you presume to be his parents come in and they start to clean him up. And then after they leave the scene, you see all the other members of all time low come in and they start to clean him up. They put a jacket on him. They, kind of get him freshed and then he is at that point he snaps out of it and he becomes a sentient person in this place and he's kind of alert and um the video like it zooms back out he finishes his laundry he leaves in his car and you know you're left with okay we're going on this journey so I'm watching this video for the first time 
and I'm watching these things happen and it's like, oh man, okay. The first girl, you know, she didn't really rough him up, but she kind of bites his lip and walks away. And then these guys come in and you're like, are they friends? And then it's clear that they're not friends and they're pushing him around and they rip his shirt. And then the bride comes in or yeah, then a bride comes in and she kind of like interacts with him, but then she brings out a pair of scissors. And I started, I immediately realized what was happening and I got like very emotional because what I think was happening in this video was that this was a reference to a very famous piece of performance art called Rhythm Zero by the artist, um, let me find her name so I don't ruin it, um, Marina Abramovic. She, um, she's a Serbian artist who's done a lot of different performance art. Um, she had a partner for a while. You might've seen her um, with him, they did the air, the bow and arrow where he was holding the bow and arrow and she was holding the string and the, um, the arrow was pointed towards her chest. And if they, and they were both tilted away and if they, like one of them had slipped or something, it would have shot her through the chest and killed her. And they did a lot of things like this, but Rhythm Zero was a solo piece she did probably, I think in the early 2000s where she set herself up in a gallery. Um, this might've been in the Met. It was like a big one. She sat in a chair next to a table that had, I think, 16 different items on it, including lipstick, um, a knife, scissors, um, a, like some other stuff. But it kind of ranged from lipstick all the way to a gun and a bullet. Mm -hmm. And for six hours, she sat in this gallery and the whole thing was people were allowed to approach her and do whatever they wanted to her body. So people would cut her clothes shorter. They would cut her hair. They'd cut her clothes off. They'd start to make cuts on her body. How far is someone going to go? And this, it was a very, it's a very emotional piece. People look at her, you know, they look at her while they're doing this and all of her stuff's very much about interaction. This was such a, a call to that piece. Mm. And um, yeah, it made me very emotional and I just thought it was incredibly profound. And I, I was really blown away that they referenced or it just lined up with the reference to this Rhythm Zero piece. Wow. Um, Cause human inter interaction is such a, it's an interesting aspect and that's absolutely what was happening in this video. But I think to do it through that lens and he just stood there and took it and watching her do the same thing in this, you know, performance art. Yeah. I don't know. There was something that really just affected me watching mm. that. Yeah. It's interesting. I mean, and I can understand that that's such a wonderful connection that you made there. I would have never, I mean, I've never even heard of this of this artist in this performance. So I'm gonna have to do some research later, but. Definitely. What a great reference to make to when she comes in. It's clearly like, you know, you can put all your trust into somebody that is supposed to love you. It's supposed to be your wife. And and then they turn around and, and do whatever they want to you. And it's like, how do you how do you begin to trust again? And then 
to have his parents come in and to have his friends come in and be like, no, like these are the people who unconditionally love you. Yes. That's, and that's really hard love to accept. And like, even I, I like, I've been talking about this so much lately about unconditional love and what that really means. Um, and, and how you realize that you have found that in someone because it's so scary to, to have, and it's also so scary to feel like you don't have it and to have thought that you've had it with this person. Like I, I see that as a direct like correlation between like having thought that you had that with this person, but they can do whatever they want to you. So, wow. Yeah. That's yeah. strong. I, and I really would love, 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 love to know um, if that was the intent, even if this was the intent of whoever wrote the treatment for this video and they didn't know because you wouldn't unless you've seen this piece. Mm -hmm. um, but it's, it's, I just thought the reference was extremely powerful um, to do it this way. Wow. I, and it was this maturity that just it impressed me. I really want to know. Yeah, I oh. tweeted him. You did? I tweeted him today. Oh, you're going <laughs> to have to let Alex. me know. I know, nothing yet. I was really hoping because he's kind of responsive on Twitter, but he could have no idea what the hell I was talking about as well. But man, it was it was like eerie. Like as soon as I realized what was happening and what it was, I was, there was no way that whoever had worked on this video hadn't seen mm -hmm. what had happened. Cause it was just kind of interesting. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. I would have never, yeah. I would have walked away from that. If you hadn't mentioned that I would have walked away from this video being like, yeah, it was really cool. He seemed to like space out and like all these people came in and like helped him get back, helped him get better. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it was a good video yeah the laundromat was called what was it called oh it was called good times laundromat that's what it was called mm -mm. there are so many of those hidden throughout this visual world that they built I, I enjoyed that and that was fun oh yeah the like, continuity of that yeah, was great was perfect yeah wow thank you oh, for sharing man. that yes I will that, send you and please. I will post links for the the listeners um I I highly encourage everyone to look into that yeah I I um I really appreciate you taking a deep dive into this. Oh my God. Thank you. Thank you for, yeah. I feel like, you know, it's funny as I was writing my notes for grand, it is a great piece, a great album, but from this episode, I definitely took away just so much respect and had so much fun listening and writing about, about this album for all time low. So thank you. I'm so glad. Well, I, I found profoundness in grand. So thank you for giving me that because I think it was, it was an interesting piece to look at as a creative mm -hmm. and it's always great to get that validation that it's hard and it's a struggle, but I think they have just excelled at expressing it in a way that is so gutturally hard without saying like, this is so hard. Like they just, it was more impactful that they didn't whine. Mm -hmm. It was interesting the way they talked about everything. So yeah. And that's really where yeah. you get, you get success, right? Is yes. You're allowed to be like, yeah, this is, this is really hard, but you keep pushing. And that's like 
just where you find the best work yes. and the most just that resiliency just gives you the passion that you need in order to keep going and it's where you get the best work done yeah you gotta burn the ships <laughs> yes don't, don't turn the boat around burn the ships <laughs> Well, I think you're going to laugh about what I'm giving you. <laughs> okay. I'm excited. I'm excited. <laughs> um, I was like, well, now I just have to give her this album because it just makes okay. sense. <laughs> I'm going to give you Heartthrob by Tegan and Sarah. Ah, that's so good. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. I'm down. I'm down for it. Um, I am going to give you, uh, I think this is going to be an interesting one from someone I don't know if you know. Um, we're gonna talk about Past Lives by Against the Current. Okay. Yeah, I definitely, definitely don't that's know exciting. them. Past oh, okay. Lives. Ooh, that's exciting. Okay. Is the album okay, about Past throw. Lives? Um, Kind of. Okay, okay. I mean, you know I'm all about that, but. Yeah, okay. and I am too, but. Okay, Heartthrob, oh, this is exciting. I can start talking about that now, but all right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Cool. Thank oh. you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Let's Talk Records. Audio engineering is by Emily McLeod and graphics are by Jen Evans. Thanks for listening into this podcast. This show is part of the Trainwreck Entertainment Podcast Network. For more content, go check out trainwreck.com. You know, you might just find something else on there that you like.